Come on, that's good. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Come on, let's give our dads one more round of applause, man. Love y'all so much. Listen, I know the pressure that you carry, and, and uh, sometimes it's not easy carrying all that weight, and so we love you. We're here for you, and uh, today we just are going to say that by having some French fries for you outside. Come on, fries for our guys today. Uh, we were going to do spuds for our studs, but we decided to do something uh, different. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into why, uh, but uh, we decided fries for our guys, and so it's going to be fun this afternoon. I'm, I'm in the book of Jude today, and uh, we started last week. Um, on the book of Jude. It's so good to be back together and see you guys. Come on. Just something special happens when we're together. I know we, we, we had, uh, last week was an amazing week. We had probably about half of our, a little over half of our church back. So that was an awesome thing. And then we had another uh, 150 people online watching. And then so if you're checking us out online, what's up? We love you online family. Come on, give our online family a what's up. We, um, we, we had, I think, 4,000 people check us out online last week. So, I mean, think about that. We, we, more than ever, um, we're reaching more across this planet than we ever could have. And so I know that this whole COVID shutdown and all that's been a negative in a lot of areas. But I think the gospel spreading more than ever before around this planet. And I think this planet needs what we, we have to offer the word and the power of God. And so um, the book of Jude is a, is a serious book. We looked at uh, last week not exchanging grace and kind of keeping... Jesus, the, the, the goal of our life. And I'm going to get into some of the nuts and bolts today. I'm not going to read every verse to you. There's 25 verses in the book. And it's, let me just say this, it's a very militaristic book. It's a, it's a military charge, a general giving a charge to like his troops. And so it has this, this strong theme. And I'm going to give you some, it, it's really some strong medicine. Okay. Y'all ready? Remember, it's some old school medicine. It's some granny syrup. Y'all ready for this today? I mean, my, 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 when I was sick, my granny would make some stuff and you don't even know it, you know, what is it? Remember, Sir of Ikakak. Remember that kind of stuff? I don't know if you uh, remember. I, I typed in Pepto Bismol today uh, to try to type it, and it came up with Pepto Dismal. You know what I'm saying? That, remember that chalky medicine, that stuff that just, that was the old school medicine. We, 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 if, you, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, right? But, but, but nowadays, y'all got bubblegum flavor, you got cherry, double coated candy, you know, you got cotton candy. We didn't have all that growing up. We had, we had, you had to gag, you, you had to take it, you know, just with a little bit of a gag. And so that's what Jude is. Jude is some heavy medicine. Jude is some strong, this is some old school stuff. So I'm just preparing you for how Jude kind of addresses us. And let me say this. He's not necessarily correcting something inside of us. More so he's purifying things in us. Not correcting, but purifying and protecting us, okay? It's an end time book. And, and I don't know about you, and I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not an end day kind of, kind of guy and for years I've known it's progressing towards end times but can I just say we in the end times I mean this is some it's just I mean if we're going to be honest come on I, and I'm going to be a shepherd and a pastor I'm not saying I know when Jesus is coming back or anything like that but we are in some crazy end time scenarios and we all know it, and I think we all have to admit it, and this book is a very important book because, and I wasn't even, prophetically, I was, we were preaching this book in January. I, I didn't, before COVID ever hit, we already had this on the books to do a series called Hey Jude on the book of Jude. I didn't know it would end up landing right here in the middle of all this, but it is a prophetic book. It's the vestibule to the book of Revelation, which is a, which is a picture of the, of the revelation of the end times. And so this is the entryway into Revelation. It sets up the book of Revelation, and it really gives us these in time warnings and admonitions and, and, and exhortations to, to not lose our faith and to battle for our faith. And so it's some old school medicine. Y'all ready for some granny syrup today? 
My, my granny would put uh, rock candy and whiskey together to, cur- to cure my cough. No wonder I had a drinking problem for 21 years. I was like three. Try this, baby. <laughs> like, no, how'd it start? <laughs> granny syrup, you know? I don't know. Here, here we go. The book of Jude. In the message version, um, and this is one through four. I, Jude, am a slave to Jesus Christ and a brother to James. Um, the word slave is doulos. It means for life, attached to Jesus. Uh, he's, he's my one and only. I serve him. I'm writing to those loved by God the Father, called and kept safe by Jesus Christ. Relax. Come on, we need this. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. Come on, love is on the way. Even in the midst of everything we see, come on, he's on the way. He's working things. He's doing things. Everything's working together. Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write about this life of salvation we have in common. And, and in, in the New King James and other translations, he's writing about this devotion. And then he shifts. He changes. He's pressured by the Holy Spirit to write something else. He goes, I have to write insisting, begging that you fight with everything you have in you for the, this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and to cherish. I write, I beg, I insist that you fight with everything in you to guard and keep this faith that was delivered to us. My title for today is Pick Your Battles. 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 Look at somebody and say, Pick Your Battles. Pick Your Battles. Pick Your Battles. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you fought the ultimate battle called death, that you fought the cross, you fought sin, that you conquered death, hell, and the grave, you conquered sin once and for all, that you did the heavy lifting for us, and we are, are called to battle for this faith that was given to us. Give us the strength and courage to pick our battles. In Jesus' mighty name, amen? amen. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you're married, you've got to pick your battles. If you have children, you've got to pick your battles. If you are a human and interact with other humans, you have to pick your battles. If you, come on, as, a, as I have teenagers, one of the things, one of the common phrases between my wife and I now is, hey, pick, what, pick our battles, pick your battle, pick your battle, pick your battle. My wife hates that because like, she's like, you're telling me to stop her. She's like, pick the battle, what, you know, but it's, you have to pick the battle, right? And so sometimes uh, we pick the wrong battle. Uh, I don't know, my wife and I have been on dates, anybody married or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, uh, and you, you pick the wrong battle and end up, you're having a great time, and then all of a sudden you're arguing about who bought the salt shakers three and a half years ago. <laughs> Going to bed lonely that night. Zero blessings of marriage, sleeping lonely. What happened? You picked the wrong battle. Here's what happens. If you pick the wrong battle, you miss the right blessing. And Jude is telling us we have to pick the right battle. Jude says, pick the battle. It's called the battle for faith. That Your faith is not invisible. It's not private. It's not quiet. It's not what you do around your little meal two times a day. That is not your faith. Faith is a battle. And we put on the full armor of God. We take on the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. We take on this, this armor, this warrior mentality when it comes to our faith. And there's not a day or an hour more than now that we need to pick the battle to fight for the faith that God gives us. Here's four battles that Jude tells us to pick. I'm going to give you some, some C words, four battles. And uh, I think these are the battles we have to pick. Jude tells us these battles, gives us a bunch of illustrations, and then tells us in the end of the book how to actually win the battle. And so here's four battles that we actually have to pick. Number one, you need to contend for Christ's creed. You need to contend for the creed of Christ. What is that? You need to battle for your faith or your belief system. You have to, the battle for your belief system is taking place more than ever right now. 
that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He's the one and only way to God. That There's many ways to Jesus, but one way to the Father. His name is Jesus. Many paths lead to Jesus, but one path leads to God. Jesus paid for sin. He died once for all. It's done. We sang it. It is finished. My chains are loosed. I came and he gave me liberty. He, he died to set me free. That's just the, the belief system that I'm free in Christ. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I've got the power inside of me called grace. I don't focus on sin. I am the righteousness of God that he became sin so I could be the rightness of God. You are as right with God as you'll ever be in Christ. You can't do another thing. You can't add to it. He starts off with this belief system about faith in Christ. You cannot work your way into any pleasing of God. Jesus did it all. We have to get our right belief system and fight for a belief system of what Jesus did. Here's some thoughts about legalism and license and liberty. This is some things that are happening in the Bible. Number one, legalism is this. You are not free to sin and we will make sure you don't. That's a lot of places and a lot of people. You are not free to sin, and we will make sure you don't and remind you when you do. Come on, that's legalism. Here's what license is. You're free to do whatever you want without any consequence from God. That's what Jude addresses. A lot of people are just free to do whatever I want. Here's what true liberty is. You are free not to sin. Do you know that you're the only people on the planet that actually have the power inside of you by the grace and glory of God to not sin, to choose to not go that way, to actually have power inside of you intrinsically by the breath of God to live free, free not to go wrong, free not to go the wrong. Not that you never will, but you have the power and freedom from God not to do that. And Judas telling us that we have to battle for this belief system. You have to pick your battles. I'm talking about contending, not contending for faith to get a new car, contending for a raise, contending for no pain in your life, contending to be healed. Those are all great things. But he's talking about contending for a relationship with Jesus Christ, not on Sunday, but day in and day out and seeking God and contending in worship for a relationship with Jesus. All hell is trying to separate you from Jesus Christ and faith in him right now. All of the world's systems are trying to separate us from faith in a good father right now. Every world system is trying to separate us from the faith in a father. Years ago, my wife and I went to a family friend's house in Florida. We took our whole family. Uh, Some friends go to our church. They have a place in Florida, and they said you can go use it. And my kids had heard stories about their family going to this house and the places they went and got this good ice cream and how they went to the beach in this spot and this spot, and they owned the house. When we went as a family, it's an exclusive area, and we weren't owners, and so everywhere we, were, we, we had permission to go, but we were kind of intimidated to try to go to those places. So my kids like, can we go do the ice cream that they talked about? And I'm like... We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have access to that. We can't, it's like private. I'm like, can we go to the beach here? We don't, we can't. And so, so I, I was there as a guest, but we were very timid to actually get access to any of the places because I wasn't an owner. So everywhere we went, my kids didn't really, they were like, what can we do? I'm like, well, we're going to sneak on the beach. <laughs> but my dad owns a little condo in South Carolina. And when we used to go down there, they're like, well, sir, no, 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 you can't go there. No, no, we an owner. We own, we own this place. Like, well, no, 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 sir, you can't, you can't, you, you can't go there. That's for, owner. we an owner, hold, hold up, we, own, we owners. Just walk a little different, right? You just, like, like my father and my relationship with him provided me access to something that I would have been nervous to have access to. That relationship with father allowed me to exercise my, ac- my access to his assets. That's hard to say. I had had this access to the 
assets of God, the assets of my Father. You are, if your relationship is tight with God, you have this access to all of the, the power and the glory and the holiness and the purity and the joy and the forgiveness and the liberty and the righteousness. There's a war going on to get you to separate your faith in your Father. And if you actually begin to dig in and fight for that faith, it's the creed. He starts with creed. He starts with your relationship to Christ. He says, you've got to get the creed right. You've got to get your relationship right. And he moves from creed into conduct. He goes from creed, from, from that, from, from, from belief systems to behavior. And he starts addressing behavior. The second battle we have to fight, first we have to get our creed right, and then we have to get our conduct right. We have to contend for Christ's conduct. And I, and I don't, I mean, this isn't important, and we might not hear this enough, but Christ has a conduct, a way of living. You and I have to contend for it because all of hell is trying to separate us from our, our, our confession of God so it can get our conduct off in the things of God. Jude deals with a belief system first, and then he deals with behavior. You cannot change your behavior until you change your belief system. You cannot change your conduct until you change your confession. Some of you are trying to change your conduct, but your confession is off. And so Jude talks about us contending. He gives these examples of, of, of people that had, had fallen in their conduct because their belief system had got off. He talked about the Israelites came out of Egypt. They quit loving God. They went under legalism and lost their love. Come on, when the Ten Commandments hit, their love was gone. The calf, the golden calf, idol worship sprung up the minute the law was given. Uh, I, it's just, it's amazing to watch the progression of how they, they separated themselves from the trust and faith in their father. They began, they began to lose love for each other. And then all of a sudden, this character began to set in. He goes and talks about these people coming out. He gives us these warnings. Then he talks about these 200 angels. It's a weird thing. There's some weird stuff in this book. He talks about these 200 angels that are locked up in a black hole under the earth right now. 200 of them. They're chained in a black hole up under the earth waiting for the day of judgment. What did those 200 angels do? On the Mount Hermon in Israel, there was a mountain. These were 200 angels that the Bible says left their post for darker missions. They actually came to the planet and had sex with women, of daughters of men. There was these women at Mount Hermon, this, the, 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 these women in the planet, beautiful women, the Bible says, and these angels came down and had sex with them. How do you know angels could have sex? That's, a, that's kind of a biblical joke. You can laugh at that. For, I thought about that this morning. I'm like, angels can have sex? Wow. It makes you think. My wife's like, keep on moving, keep on moving. <laughs> My mind's going some, some weird stuff right now. <laughs> so, uh, I love you online, church. Um, I, I didn't know. And, and, and so it says that they actually, they actually formed this race of people called the Nephilim, which were beautiful giants from these angels. And they all died out. But God judged the earth. It talks about this, this perversion. Do you, know, do you know at that mountain, Mount Hermon, when this happened, that's where the occult formed and perverted sex and occultism came about and, and different forms of magic and violence in the planet? Right there at that place. Jude's talking about that right now. You don't think we have a problem with that in our country, in our world? We don't, we don't think that, that, that some of that occultism and perversion and all that, that darkness for darker missions is, is prevalent. There's things happening, and Jude speaks to it. He says they're locked up. They're under the earth. He gives this other example of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, man, these cities burnt up. There were four of them, actually. And many believe in Jesus' day when they referenced Sodom and Gomorrah, it was still smoldering. You could look over in the Dead Sea area and see the fires of Sodom and Gomorrah still burning. Many believe it's underneath the Dead Sea right now, and when it begins to dry up, they'll find Sodom and Gomorrah right under there. 
And so Jude's referencing these things, and he's talking about these people that came into the church and were living a certain way. And he says, this is the message, verse 8. This is exactly the same program of these latest infiltrators. Dirty sex, rule and rulers thrown out. Come on, this is some old school granny medicine, right? Can I give you all some, some real medicine? This was a rules and rulers thrown out, glory dragged in the mud. The archangel Michael, who went to the mat with the devil as they fought over the body of Moses, wouldn't have dared level a blasphemous curse against the devil, but said simply, no, you don't. God will take care of you. The archangel and Lucifer were fighting for the body of Moses. This is some weird stuff. Fighting to bury Moses or get the body of Moses. And the Bible says that archangel Michael, even though he was even with, with Lucifer in rank, he wouldn't even rebuke him. He said, no, 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 Jesus take care of you, Satan. And he goes on, he says, but these people sneer at anything they don't understand. And by doing whatever they feel like doing, living by animal instinct only, they participate in their own destruction. Jesus says, I'm fed up with them. He, he, he challenges us. Listen, he's trying to purify our behavior. First, he deals with our belief system, and then he deals with our behavior. Because you've got to change your belief system. I was playing golf the other day. My, I'm, I'm an okay golfer. I'm about a 10 handicap. Any, any golfers in here? Come on, any dad? Any dad golfers? Any golfers? You can admit it. Y'all are like... like Scared to admit it in church. Come on, my golf. Where are my golfers at? And uh, we're gonna, I, I, and I, I play, you know, to a ten handicap. I can shoot an eighty. I can shoot a seventy-five. I can shoot a ninety-five. Whatever. If you play golf, you know what that means. And so, and and so and so basically, um, I went out and I caught something called the shanks. And if you're not a golfer, you don't know that that's a that's a death sentence. It's it's a it's a it's a demonic death sentence from from hell. And and. It's because you don't know how to fix it. And like you usually hit the golf ball out until the target. A shank is where you come to the ball in a certain way and it just pew, shoots to straight to the right. <laughs> I mean, people on the range are scared of you. They're like ducking, you know. Your pride is gone. Your ego is gone. You're losing $2 golf balls every shot into the woods. You know, it's horrific. And so that happened to me. I caught him for like a long period of time, like three months. <laughs> I had the shanks. I was out playing golf with Jason Nelson. He's a golf pro, goes to our church. He works at Golf Tech. If anybody needs help with their golf game, Jason Nelson at Golf Tech. Come on, shout out to Jason. We're playing. And uh, I said, man, you know I got the shanks, dude. He's like, let's just play. He's like, do you want me to coach you or just watch? I said, just watch. And so I hit a couple good shots and pew, my ball, this ball just starts, just starts. Pew. And I'm just like, dude, you know I can play golf, man. I'm sorry. He's like, he's like, don't worry about it. Just, I'm just going to watch you. For about four holes, he's watching me. Finally, we get to the fifth hole, and he looks at me. He goes, hey, hey, can you play? Do you know, you know how to play golf, right? You can hit the ball, right? I'm like, yeah, I can, yeah. He, I said, you've seen me, but I can play golf, and we've played together. He goes, I know you can't. He goes, do you like, does it, will a challenge help you? I'm like, I don't know. It depends on what it is. Like, are you going to bet me for money right now? Because <laughs> No. <laughs> And uh, he's like, would a challenge help? I'm like, I, get, I, I don't know. I'm sitting on this par four. I got a, it's my second shot. I've just pounded one to the left. And, uh, and I'm sitting there looking. I got about 225 yards of the green. He's like, he goes, let me get, can I give, I was like, give me the challenge. He's like, hit the ball. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't, something's buzzing up here. I don't know if you guys can hear that. I was like, oh. Okay, yeah, I can't hit the ball. He goes, you can hit the ball. I said, yeah, he goes, hit the ball. He goes, pick a plan, decide what you're going to do, say what you're going to do, and hit the ball. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go here. I'll see that tree. It's going to fall to the little bit to the right and go right at the hole. I'm <laughs> just perfect. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I told him I hate you. <laughs> he goes, there you go. He's like, man, it's, you know what to do. You know who you are. Just pick a plan and execute it. And a couple holes later, I hit a good shot, and he goes, how was that? And I went, it was better. 
He goes, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is why I'm going, whoa, whoa, whoa to you. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he goes, I go, I go, what's wrong with that? I go, that's positive, right? That's positive. He goes, he goes, it was better than what? I said, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was better than the, the bad one. <laughs> he goes, you, you still have the bad one in your head. You're still living with the bad one. You're still measuring by good and bad. You're still measuring by better or worse. You're still, you're still in the wrong belief system. Your behavior is still based off of a belief system of better. He said, forget that. It was good. Stop that. It was good. It was a good shot. Pick that. Decide what you're going to do next. Say what you're going to do and hit the ball. And if it doesn't work out, do it again. If it doesn't work out, do it again. Come on. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Your conduct is not better. It is God. Your conduct is based on God. You are holiness. You are purity. You are righteousness. You are goodness. You are all things lovely to God. It's not better. Don't think, well, if I did bad today, I got to do better. And if I'm going to do worse and I got to try harder, your conduct begins to go in the direction of your confession. And Jude is saying, you got to fight for conduct, but you have to get your confession right first. Your performance will never surpass your profession. I don't mean what you do for a living. <laughs> I mean, what you say, your performance, we have to profess who we are in God. We have to get our belief system right. We have to get our conduct and our behavior right. Fight for it in God and contend for it. And then number three, we got to contend for Christ's character. Hear me, he goes from our, he goes from our creed. Is this helping anybody? Come on, I, I don't, I, he deals with these things. These are real things. I'm going to give you the tools to win at the end. He gives us the weapons to win. He deals with creed. He deals with conduct, then he deals with character. Why? Because conduct done over and over and over creates your character. He deals with three men that are negative examples of character in the Bible. He goes, they went the way of Cain. He goes, God hates these three ways. It says, this is the character. I want you to deal with character. You know, practice makes perfect, but not really right practice makes perfect. Right? You know, has anybody ever done the same thing over and over? It's the wrong thing. Come on. <laughs> Gotten really good at the wrong thing. Yeah, I've gotten really good at the wrong thing. And so, so it's important to begin to change and begin to look at your character, your conduct over and over creates your character. He says, hey, here's these guys. Here's a character they had. Here's, a, here's the way of Cain. What was the way of Cain? Cain and Abel, both godly men, came to present offerings to God. Abel brought a blood sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb. He brought a lamb. Cain brought the work of his hands. Cain brought the work of the ground that he had toiled and he had harvested. He brought this wheat grain offering. And God did not approve of the work of his hands. When you're trying to do this thing in your own strength, in your own effort, in your own abilities, in your own skills, in your own background, in your own, your own workings, God's saying, I don't approve of that. We only can rely on the blood of Jesus to, to fix and build our character. Come on, somebody. And so that was a character that was off. He goes, the way of Balaam I don't like. These examples, I don't know if you've read these stories. Balaam was someone that was gifted by God with gifts and used the gifts, prostituted the gifts to profit himself. Actually was hired to curse God's people using the gifts that God had given him. God says, I hate the way of Balaam. Listen, God's given you gifts and talents and skills and, and abilities and they will increase and bless you. But if you only use them for you, 
If you only use them to increase and bless you and yours, that's, that's the way of Balaam. God's saying that's not the character that we're called to have. Then he gives the way of Korah, and we're really dealing with this in the earth right now. The way of Korah, Korah was this leader, this cousin of, of, of Aaron in, in, in the Old Testament. God had set up Moses and Aaron as the leaders of God's people. And Korah got mad one day and jealous and came up to, to Moses and Aaron and said, hey, aren't we all God's people? Why are they special? Why are they in charge? I don't need to follow them. I'm going to be the guy. And the Bible says that the earth opened up and swallowed Korah and all his followers. It was this, this, this resistance to God's authority that was set up in the earth. Come on, we have a resistance to God's authority in the planet right now. Come on, somebody. We, all, we know it's true. We can look at it. And there's been abuses of authority. There's been misuses of authority. But that does not mean we throw out all of God's authority and all of what he aligned for us in the planet. It's important for us to say, okay, what godly authority do I need to listen and hear in my life? we got to pick the right battle, so we got to pick the battle for character, guys. And the last one, number four, you got to pick the battle for conversation. you got to contend for Christ's conversation. Hear me, he goes through this. He goes from creed to conduct to character to conversation because your character fuels your conversation. Oh, you can tweet that. <laughs> Your character will actually fuel and feed your conversation. And so you can talk about certain things, and it's actually not just coming from this whimsical place. It's coming from your character, who you are. And so he talks about these examples. Come on, he gives us tough examples of these people that had gotten off in their conversation because of their character. Verse 16, these are grumblers. Come on, complainers. Help me, Jesus. Somebody say, help me. Look at your neighbor and say, help me, Jesus. Walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. Come on, do you know that flattery is the counterfeit of honor? Flattery and honor use the same words, but have different motives. Flattery is to gain increase, and it says that they, they're just flattering. They're just using all these complainers. Flattery is just, just trying to get ahead. The message says this, these are the grumpers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird word. These are the grumpers, the belly achers, grabbing for the biggest piece of the pie, talking big, saying anything they think that'll get them ahead. Hear me, listen, when it comes to conversation, God is so strong about your conversation. If you don't leave with anything else today, leave with how strong God is about your conversation because he knows how powerful your words are. And if you would give a revelation of how strong and powerful the words that you carry in your mouth and your heart are, you would know why God hates complaining and grumbling and griping and whining. You would understand it. I would understand it. It's not, it doesn't mean that we just have pie in the sky and never, nothing's ever wrong, but it's like, what, what, where's it coming from? Does that make sense? So he deals with conversation. We've got to contend for our creed, for our conduct, for our character, and for our conversation. Come on, this is a great Dad's Day message. Come on, those are four things, dads, that we can, I mean, it's for everybody, but those four things, if you lead your family with those four things, come on, you'll be so powerful. Your family will be so strong. And then he tells us how to win. He says it in, in verse 20, but you, beloved, here's how to win. Here's the weapons to win those battles. But you, beloved, very simple. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. That word building is actually lifting weights and getting your spirit stronger or charging yourself. Building yourself up. 
building yourself up. Come on. Some of y'all are waiting for someone else to build you, to bless you, to bring you up. You're still angry that they said something about you. You're still upset that you're not ahead. You're still stuck because no one liked you and didn't bless you. I'm preaching today. Come on. God says you've got to build yourself up at times. Build yourself up. Quit waiting on everybody to build you and bless you and bring you where you need to go. I would love for you to be able to lift weights for me. I would love for you to eat the kale for me. I did a 55-minute high-intensity back-and-by hit workout a couple days ago. I would love for you to take that 55 minutes for me. My wife and then pull up and laugh at me. My daughter saw me doing downward dogs and stuff in the, in the garage. She just laughed and ran out of the garage. I would, I would love for someone to do it and get strong. I would love for you to pray and hear God for me. I, I would love for you to read your Bible and I get revelation. But God says there's the moment that you have to build you, that I have to build me. And that's a weapon that you would build yourself up in your most holy faith. Charge yourself up. Quit waiting on everybody else. And then he says this. Here's the two weapons. Build yourself up in faith. And then 21, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Well, I don't like them, and I can't stand them, and they said this, and they did that, and I want to quit, and, and I'm done, and they're wrong, and it's not fair. And You're picking the wrong battle. You're picking the battle of they and them and if. And fair. No, no, no. The battle is to keep yourself. What he's saying is that you and I have to war to walk in love. We have to war to walk in humility. We have to war to walk in forgiveness. We have to war to walk in, in, in lowliness. We have to war to walk in wanting their welfare. We have to war. If marriage is war, life is war, relationships are war, and we're called to war to walk in love. Right now, of all times on the planet, with everything that's going on with racism and racial divides, I've seen so many, even Christians, decide not to just war to walk in love. When the, when the news and the rhetoric's trying to divide us and get different camps and different movements, come on, as believers, we're going to align with all different types of movements, but the one movement we align with mostly is the movement of Jesus Christ, and it does, it's His will and His way and His word. That's what keeps us in common. We have to war to care for our brothers and sisters. And walking in love is war, guys. The Bible says then in verse 24, Now unto him who is able to keep you without fault and blameless and present you before the throne of his glory with exceeding joy. That's the greatest promise in the Bible, probably one of the greatest promises. Now to him who is able to keep you from ever being stupid again. And now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling and present you faultless before the throne of God's glory. Now to him who is able to keep you. Listen, but before he can keep you, you've got to keep yourself. Verse 22 is keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. How do you do that? Sitting down in Jesus, being the object of his love and his, his compassion and his care, getting in his, getting in his presence without performance. Some of you performance-driven people, you can't even stand it just to get in his presence and sit there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes and just be the object of his beanbag love. <laughs> God will keep you. But you got to keep you. And the two biggest battles, the two, the two weapons he gives us, I'm going to pray for you. The two weapons he gives us are the two things that are being attacked most right now. Our faith and our love. 
Some of you are fainting in the areas of faith and you're low on love. Some of you, some of you are pulled by anger and hatred and divide and news and worry and, and you're fainting in your faith and you're low on your love. And God's saying those are the two things, those are the two essentials, those are the two non-negotiables of this battle that we're in, of the four things we've got to contend for. Those are the non-essentials to build your faith, whatever you've got to do, and to keep yourself in love. You know, the Bible, that says when Jesus returns, will he even find faith on the planet? He's talking to Christians. In Matthew 24, the end time verse, it says, brother will turn against brother. Listen to me. I used to think that was siblings. It's not. It's Christian against Christian, church against church, race against race. It says that they'll turn against each other. And then he says, and the love of most will grow cold. The love of most. Talk about a battle we're in. We're called to, to stay in faith and stay in love. My wife sometimes will go out and I hate carrying my keys in my pocket and I, toss them to her and say will you keep these she'll put them in her purse there's been times I've gotten them out lost them and blamed her for not keeping them <laughs> come on anybody where's my wallet I gave it to you you got it out no I didn't wrong battle sleeping alone you know what I'm saying <laughs> brought that full circle God will keep you if you keep yourself in him Let's fight that fight. Would you stand with me as I pray for you today? Some of you are in this place right now and you're like, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm fainting in my faith. I'm watching the news. I'm watching the virus. I'm watching my own behavior. My conduct's off. Well, I need to get my confession right. I need to get my belief system right. I need to understand who I am in Christ. I'm free in Christ. Or, or Pastor, I'm, I'm losing the the war in love. I, I, I'm losing some love. There's some things I've been walking through and I'm, things I'm watching and I'm battling the, the battle of fear, battling the battle of anger, or bitterness. I'm battling the, bat, the battle of unforgiveness, whatever it might be. And God's saying, you're a little low on love. And if you need prayer today, I want to pray for those two areas. Those are the two things, faith and love. The Bible says that, that, that faith works by love in Galatians. Faith works by love. And that now faith, hope, and love abide in love is the greatest. Again, the two things, faith and love. I want to pray for your faith and your love today. And I want to pray that, that you would win the battle and you wouldn't lose those weapons. Some of you, maybe you're struggling. Would you bow your heads with me and just close your eyes? If you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor? I need prayer. I need the Holy Spirit power. I'm in battles and I need these weapons of faith and love. I'm low on love or I'm fainting in my faith and I need help. I need you to pray for me. No one looking around. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? I need some help. Come on. Thank you for your honesty, man. God bless you. Come on. All across the room. People saying yes. I'm going to pray for you. And then some of you in this room, the greatest battle that was ever fought was the battle that Jesus Christ fought on the cross to remove sin, to remove uh, hell, to pay the death penalty for sin, hell, and the grave. He conquered all of those, every mistake, every problem he took on himself, and he nailed it to a tree to remove all of sin and every mistake and everything that you could ever imagine that was evil on this planet. He nailed it to a tree, and he rose from the dead, not to make you good or better. He did it to make you alive. And some of you have never surrendered your life to Jesus for real. And that's the first battle, the battle to come into his family. And the Bible says if you would give your life to Jesus, simply that, not get better, not do better, just say, Jesus, you're the answer. You're the Lord. I give you my life. That's the battle you need to fight today. And Jesus already won it for you. 
And maybe you need new life today. I'm going to pray for that for you as well in a second. Father, you see every heart today. You see every person in this place. Lord, I pray for a supernatural, just just blessing from the book of Jude. God, there's so many things happening that are paralleling to this book. And it's a book for today. It's a, it's a warning, but it's a, it's a purification. It's a purging. It's a, it's a eternal perspective, God. It's putting time in perspective as we look at eternity and your return and what you're doing in the earth, God. I pray today for both of those, for faith. Anyone fainting in faith right now, I pray that they would get the courage to admit it and they would build themselves up, God, with worship, with friendships, with connect groups later today, with speaking and praying in your word, God. I pray that, Lord, they would build them. That Anybody ready to quit right now, to give up on faith, to walk away from faith, God? You, This is a day. This is a turning point. This is a new moment for them in their faith, God, that they would leave here charged up and encouraged, God. And anyone low in love right now, God, I pray that you would give them ability to walk that war out in love. Just to surrender, God. Fill them with love right now. Help them keep themselves in your love as they're tempted to go into anger or bitterness or hatred or dislike or, or worry or fear. Any of it, all of it, Lord. Everything we're facing, every news channel, every election concern, all the things that are trying to divide us from the faith in our Father right now and the faith in Jesus and our liberty in Him. God, I pray that you would fill us up with love. We keep ourselves in your love. We do it, God, by your strength and your power. No one looking around just for another second. If you know you need Jesus today, if you're willing to say, I need him as my Lord and my Savior. I need life in God. I need new life. I need a fresh start in God. The Bible says if you would just give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. I don't know where you are in your relationship with him. No one's looking around. I want to pray for you right now. If you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start. He won the battle for me. I'm done fighting it for myself. I'm ready to surrender to Jesus. Would you just put your hand up to me right now? Anybody in here? I need a fresh start in God. Come on, God bless you, sir. God bless you, young man. Come on, church, just pray. People saying yes, God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? Hold it up high so I can pray for you. Awesome. Father, what a holy moment. I sense your presence right now, God. I just, I just sense a new day a new hour in this planet, Lord, a, a new day for your church. Every person that put their hand up, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. You can pray these words or your own words, but just pray with me from your heart. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for winning the battle of death and hell and the grave. Thank you for removing all my sin and shame and guilt. I give you my life. Give me your life. Thank you for making me brand new in my heart making me alive to God forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. What an awesome, awesome morning. So proud of you guys for saying yes to Christ like that. Love you.